everybody and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. Super Bowl 57 recap, folks. I can't believe we are already at this time of year where we're recapping the Super Bowl. Kansas City Chiefs are your 2022-2023 Super Bowl champions of the world. What an incredible game, an absolute classic between the Eagles and the Chiefs this past Sunday in Arizona. Matt, a lot to talk about, a lot to digest with this game. Dominic, what were your initial thoughts on this dandy of a game between the Chiefs and the Eagles? Oh, my initial thoughts was, wow, what a great football game until the last three minutes. And then I was just like, wow, what a disaster. (laughs) Overall, amazing. I mean, like, I can't complain entertainment-wise. If I'm an Eagles fan... I'm just sad, sad, sad. Yeah, for sure. Of course, we'll definitely get into that uh, controversial holding, uh, this and that uh, throughout uh, the course of the show. A lot of you know tough calls in this game. When you think about it, right? There was a few catches. There was the fumble. Uh, there was a lot of uh, you know calls that could have went either way in this game. But uh, yeah, no, I thought this was an incredible game. And for me, you look at the course of this game. The Eagles had basically a a picture-perfect first half, right? You're up by 10 going into halftime. Mahomes hasn't touched the ball, right, because the Chiefs have got that defensive touchdown. And, uh, you know, we talked about how do you beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, you keep Mahomes off the field. You keep this offense off the field. Travis Kelsey's not getting his catches. uh, And the Eagles were doing a good job, you know, of running the football, mixing in the pass. Jalen Hurts having a very good first half. Um... Hitting stride with different receivers, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. You couldn't have really asked for a better start to the first half if you're an Eagles fan. Yeah, they had it perfectly scripted. I thought they played a very good first half as well. They ran the ball well. I think Jalen Hurts really uh, took the team on his shoulders and basically carried uh, this entire offense. It was the Jalen Hurts show, which a lot of people were debating on whether or not this guy could deliver during the Super Bowl. But he did. So hats off to Jalen Hurts for that first half performance. And uh, also, I would say, coaching-wise, Sirianni, you know, young guy coming in. How was he able to coach against Andy Reid? I thought he held his own early, and they did a great job. Yeah, I think, you know, early is, is a good thing that you said there, Dominic. I was talking with a few friends after the game, and we're like, what was the difference in this game, right? And when you look at it, Dominic, the Philadelphia Eagles really had to earn their TDs. And like what I mean is the long bomb touchdown to A.J. Brown, that didn't come easy, right? He was in double coverage. Jalen Hurts just said, you know what, my boy's up there. I'm going to throw it up to him and trust him. But you look at the Chiefs, Dominic, and two of their TDs at the goal line were receivers were wide, wide open. I think if you have to look at the head coaching matchup in this one, yes, Sirianni held his own early. But it was Andy Reid that really out- outcoached Sirianni. You know, you look at the, the touchdowns in this game, the play calling and stuff like that. And it just seemed, at least in the second half the, and, and overall in the game, when you look at it, the Chiefs did not have to work as hard for their TDs. Yes, they they, they had to, you know, create big plays, right? And there's no doubt about that. Mahomes had to be Mahomes-esque throughout the course of the game. But their TDs didn't seem to be as, like I said, hardworking, tough, grinded out as the Eagles did. And I think a lot of that has to do with the coaching um, of the the Kansas City Chiefs in in relation to the Philadelphia Eagles, where I don't think Sirianni coached a poor game. I had a few question marks. Like, they went away from the run 
in this game a few times. There was a, a situation where they had it third and one. They decided to pass it. Um, and we know the Eagles' bread and butter is that run game, right? So it was a little bit surprising to see them deviate Philadelphia uh, from that run game. Shane Hurts ran the ball very well. I think if you look at the stars in this game for Philadelphia, Dominic, they all balled out on the offensive side of the ball, except for Miles Sanders. And we know how big Sanders has been to this football team all year long. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to to really create some space, you know, break a few tackles in this game, held very much in check. Um, and I think that, you know, if you're looking at the coaching matchups in this, you, you got to really give the edge to Andy Reid in this situation. And, you know, maybe that's to be expected, right? He's been in a few Super Bowls before. Sirianni, first year coaching with the Eagles. I uh, got to give him some slack. But I think the experience really showed from Andy Reid, Dominic, and lack thereof from Sirianni over the course of the game. Oh, I agree 100% with what you're saying. I think that the guy to really kind of grail, if I was a reporter, would be the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. And again, we, we've seen back-to-back games now where why didn't Mahomes not get pressured? And I know I said that X Factor was Casey's Humphreys as a center, and he did a marvelous job. But for Philadelphia not to get one sack after they were a sack machine team, that's the difference maker, in my personal opinion, in this football game, is that they were not able to get to Mahomes. And either it was by design that they didn't want to, and they actually copied a bit like what Cincinnati did. But if they did that, I knew deep down inside that they were going to lose this football game. So to me, that's probably one of the biggest reasons is uh, there wasn't one holding call on the Kansas City offensive line. Do you know how hard that is the during the Super point. Bowl? It is absolutely mind-boggling. So it's very odd. Or you could say the defensive coordinator of, of the Eagles clearly didn't have a great game plan to get pressure on Mahomes. I think it's probably a combination of both. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I didn't even realize that, Dominic, the non-holding calls against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's incredibly difficult to do, especially when you have, like, the refs nowadays that, you know, in my opinion, are flag happy and you know, get called for holding um, on a play that really didn't, you know, have any, any need to be held or the holding didn't really make a difference on that play. Pretty incredible, Dominic, that stat. And, yeah, like, that was the recipe, right, for this Philadelphia Eagles team was Mahomes isn't 100%. You get to him, and you know that's going to be the bread and butter of this of this Philadelphia Eagles team because their front seven has been incredible all year. Um, their D line, Sue, you know guys like that, and they, they just weren't able to get any pressure. And like, not only did they not get pressure on Mahomes, but Pacheco had a pretty good game on the ground. You know, not. Um, he didn't break out like a bunch of like 20, 25 plus yard runs, but he had a TD in this game. You know, he was able to get 70 plus yards on the ground. And I think that's a little bit surprising when you look at this Philadelphia Eagles team uh, and how that D-line has been, you know, so great all year long. You, you want to pinpoint this game, Dominic, on, you know, one thing or one group and you, you can't really blame that Eagles offense, right, Dominic? I was actually surprised how well the Eagles offense was able to move down the field, right? That incredible catch by A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith had uh, 100 receiving yards and the Dallas Goddard had a pretty good game. Uh, Jalen Hurts running the football had an incredible game. You, you look at it afterwards, Dominic, and if you just look at the Philadelphia Eagles offensive stats in this game, you're like, how did they lose this game? Right? How do they lose this game? You could almost make the case that Jalen Hurts on, on the losing side of the football deserved MVP. He had 304 passing yards in this one, Dominic. 70 yards rushing on the ground. Three TDs. Devontae Smith, like I said, 100 yards receiving. A.J. Brown, 96 yards receiving. Goddard, 60 yards. It's it's tough. You know, if you're a Philadelphia Eagles offense, 
there's not really much more you could have done in this football game. And you kind of look at the the recap of this game and, and after the game. And of course, for me, the, the game-changing play was the fumble by Hurts, right? And I'm saying that right after seeing the Eagles offense and what they could. And yeah, it, it was tough. At that point, the Eagles had the momentum. They were up by seven. Uh, and, you know, the Chiefs had just punted the football. So things were in Kansas City in, in Philadelphia's favor. And that fumble really, really changed. The scoop and score changed a lot. But it, it, it's hard to blame this Eagles offense, right, Dominic? You look at this game. And like I said, it has it happened, I believe, once in Super Bowl history where the, the losing team had the MVP. And I thought in this game it could have been Jan Hurts because how well he played. Um, and it's... You feel for him because he had an incredible year. He had an incredible Super Bowl. Uh, and unfortunately for the Eagles, Dominic, that defense played very well over the course of the season and the playoffs, but it was just nowhere to be found uh, in this in the Super Bowl matchup against Kansas City. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about MVPs. My MVP, first of all, the entire MVP award is, in my opinion, just for show. Because most of the time it goes to the quarterback. So what's the, yeah. even, what's the point of even having that award? My MVP in this game is Isaiah Pecco. I mean, he clearly is the guy that had the biggest plays, in my personal opinion, in this football game. He was also able to take away that pressure that we just talked about from the Philadelphia's defense. The way you take away the rush to the quarterback is you run the ball. And how did this guy come out of the blue for the Kansas City Chiefs onto this roster? I mean, they talked about him from the beginning of training camp to keep an eye on Isaiah Pecco. And the only reason why I think this guy performs very well is that he's fresh. You know, the entire offense is predicated on Mahomes, right? So yeah. you know that, okay, well, if Mahomes gets hurt, I'm going to have to start running the ball. At least a good coach figures that out well. But you got to do, it's all about timing. When do you time this, these runs? And I thought the timing was great. That goes to Eric Bieniemy's offensive play calling. I think this guy... It seems like he's not going to get a head coaching job in the NFL. I'm, and I'm just shocked because this guy is the, the also the huge X factor for why the Kansas City Chiefs won. All those guys that were wide open, you know, to get those touchdowns, that's play design. And it's also probably a bit of like defensive formations on the Philadelphia side that just were just god awful. And that's the defensive coordinator's fault. But I'm sure play design wise to get a player wide open like that on multiple occasions. I think that comes with uh, the enemy scheming some great plays with the help of obviously Andy Reid. So all that put together, my MVP of this game, as I said, Pecco, the game was a high scoring game as well, which did not help the Philadelphia Eagles, which they tried to, you know, run the football a lot. But unfortunately for them, they were just too dependent on the play action pass. And that's the limitation of Jalen Hurts. And that's just my personal opinion on that. I'm not going to go and grill him too much because he did have a good game, but that guy does have limitations. And unfortunately, in, in a high-scoring affair, you could see the advantage goes to, to the better quarterback. And who's the better quarterback? Pat Mahomes. I think ultimately, Dom, that was the reason <clears throat> I ended up picking the Chiefs. I wanted to simplify it for myself. And like you trust Mahomes more than you do Hertz. And like you said, Dominic Hertz had a heck of a game. Um, and it, it's, it's tough to obviously, you know, pinpoint him as the reason they lost. Cause he played incredible after the game, you know, he's, uh, he took it upon himself. He said that fumble really hurt the team. And, you know, that was ended up being one of the game changing plays. But for me, Hertz really impressed me throughout this game. 
Um, he impressed me throughout the course of the season. So really there, I got to give my hat off to uh, to Jalen Hurts. But yeah, it was, you know, Miles Sanders, like I talked about before, Dominic, huge part of this offense. And, you know, when you have that read option or that, you know, um, the decision whether you're going to, you know, Jalen Hurts is going to keep it or give it to Sanders, that's a big part of this offense. And whenever he seemed, Hurts seemed to be giving the ball to Sanders, it just did not seem to be there. Whether it was the defensive line of Kansas City, whether it was, you know, um, Sanders not being able to gain speed. He had seven uh, seven uh, rushes on um 16 yards, Dominic, that's just over two yards per per carry, which is obviously not good enough for him and not good enough for this football team, and which is, you know, kind of surprising. But uh, you talk about this game overall, and, yeah, you look at the running back for the Chiefs, Pacheco, seventh-round pick, pretty incredible. You know, I heard uh, Peter Schrager talk about him at the beginning of the season, saying, you know, watch out for this guy. He's going to be good. Uh, he could be a steal for this team. And, you know, like, okay, at that point, like, they have – um, Clyde Edwards Elair, you know, they they got coverage Elair early on uh, a few seasons ago in, in the draft. You gotta think he's gonna be a huge part of this offense. But Pacheco, like I said before, man, this guy runs with purpose. And a lot of these running backs do, but I've never seen a guy like run for two yards and bounce back as if you know he got a touchdown and like he could get hammered, he could get blocked, he could get pancaked. But him, he's gonna get up very next play. And like you said, Dominic, he's fresh. You're not thinking about stopping Pacheco when you're talking talking about stopping this Chiefs team, right? You gotta limit Mahomes, you gotta limit Kelsey, Juju Smith Schuster, all these guys. And you know, for for some reason it was Pacheco in this game that really had uh, had that game for this team. And you know, I talked about early on in the game, Dominic, that you alluded to these wide open receivers for the Chiefs. I think something that makes it even more incredible is these guys were open in the red zone, right? It's not as if they got open down the field and you have a ton of space to work with. And then, okay, there's a blown coverage or, you know, a defender slips, yada, yada, yada. A wide receiver makes a nice move. It was motion with that beautiful motion play, like an in and out route uh, where the receiver walked in the end zone there for Kansas City. Like, that's freaking impressive. You know, we're talking about the Super Bowl. You're talking about, you know, defensive coordinators now that pride themselves on stopping teams. They have two weeks to get ready for the Super Bowl. And these receivers are wide open. To me, it's just it's fantastic, right? And I think that you talk about Kansas City and their offense and being one of the best offenses of all time, and uh, the fact that they lose Tyree Kill didn't really seem that they they missed a beat at uh, all the season. But for me, it was when Kansas City was coming back in the second half of this game, Dominic. You could feel the momentum shifting, and it was Kansas City's games to to lose, and they showed why. You know, losing Tyree Kill uh, didn't really prove prove all that to Costi for them this season because they have the best quarterback in the NFL and the best offense in the league. Yeah, they played a really good football game. You talked about the uh, the field condition. It seemed like it definitely hindered Philadelphia more than it did Kansas yeah. City. That uh, is just my observation. You know, they had to change the cleats, so on and so forth. So, I mean, mentally, you're just you're trying to prepare for a football game. It's hard enough how it is, but to get onto the field and, and it being a disaster, it's just uh, it's very bizarre. Again, another just bad luck. I guess you have to chalk it to Philadelphia just not being prepared, maybe uh, knowing what the field conditions were before the game. I don't know. It's very bizarre. And as for Kansas City, yeah, I think that um, we talked about the play calling and all that. And the guy that really stepped up was uh, Juju Smith-Schuster late in that game. Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about it a bit more after the break. But uh, overall, uh, a great football game. And uh, let's talk about uh, that penalty that uh, turned it all around for KC after the break.
Super Bowl 57 in the books, folks. Kansas City Chiefs have won their third Super Bowl in franchise history, second over the course of the last few seasons. Mahomes already has two. We've got to talk about Mahomes potentially being one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. I know it's early, but it's something that potentially needs to be discussed, and that's all over NFL uh, broadcasts right now, so potentially something we'll get into, Dominic. First, I want to ask you, Dominic, a little bit of a personal level. How was the game uh, for you? Where you said you, you were going to watch it, potentially at a bar how was the food how was everything how was the atmosphere oh it was amazing i think that where i was at believe it or not that halftime show people were singing they were more entertained at that point through the <laughs> halftime show than the actual game i was just shocked but overall great time awesome had uh, some wings and beer couldn't ask for a better time Oh, that's awesome, Dominic. Yes, yeah, speaking of the halftime show, was uh, I was wondering, like, well, I said, I was super pumped to see Rihanna, you know, doing the show. And I said, why isn't she moving? And we find out after the game she's pregnant. It's okay. This makes a lot of sense. So shout out to her while uh, doing the show while while being pregnant. That's uh, pretty remarkable there. But yeah, for me, I watched it at a few buddies' place I play flag football with. And I felt bad because I watched it with two Eagles fans. It was one of my friends and his girlfriend, and they were wearing their Eagles stuff. And it oh, I was it was heartbreaking for them, Dominic. It was really, really heartbreaking. I said, if ever the Dolphins make the Super Bowl, I'm watching that at home with my lights off. I don't want to be around anyone. Let me be nervous and nervous wreck by myself. Um but uh, yeah, Dominic, of course, big thing that changed in the game and that uh, talked about with the Eagles fans after the game was that holding call, right? James Bradbury. Oh, the, the thing that upsets me, Dominic, before I get into whether I think it was a penalty or not, is it was an incredible football game. It was an absolutely incredible football game. And, you know, the elephant in the room after that game is the penalty call, right? It was third down and nine, I believe. There was the in, out, and up to Juju Smith-Schuster and... It, the ball was overthrown, right? And at that point, it's not catchable, not catchable because it was a holding call, right? So that, that really becomes irrelevant. But I just, I, I find it tough that they were focusing on that after the game. It was a huge, huge call. It potentially made a difference in this game. Uh, and I just, I feel not to take away anything from, um, you know, the the Eagles in this game. And, you know, I do think that ultimately it was a bit of a soft call, but I, I find it upsetting that, you know, for such a great game that finished 38 to 35 back and forth, two great quarterbacks, two great offenses that at the end of the game, unfortunately, I think a lot of football fans, rather than, you know, remembering and reflecting on the fact that it was so high scoring, such an incredible game by both teams, both coaches, um, that, you know, the first thing and the last thing they remember about this game is this penalty. It's uh, the truth, unfortunately, William. It is. It is. The, yeah. truth, the truth hurts. It's just the way it is. And uh, when you yeah. see the player's reaction, like Mahomes, okay, you saw him celebrating after the game. But in the moment, he knew. He was just like, okay, that was a really darn stupid way to win this game. In my opinion, yes, in the initial reaction, he's like pointing. He's going to do whatever he, whatever it takes to to get that call. But yeah. afterwards, there wasn't no. It wasn't jubilant, is what I'm trying to say. So, to me, you don't you don't call that. You just don't. I mean, the the moment of the game where you're at. Okay, we talked about how there there was not one holding call in the trenches almost in the entire game. I think you had one or two potentially on the Eagles, but you just don't make that call. I think we have a total of. 30 penalty yards and 60 penalty yards uh, in total in this game could be worse. Obviously, again, the Eagles were were flagged more. Uh, seems that KC gets away with a few few calls. And, and here, I'm sorry. From the moment this game started, there was a helmet-to-helmet -helmet hit that happened. I knew 
that okay well the the, the refs are going to be maybe leaning on the chiefs and we'll see how it's going to all play out and by the end of the game i had my answer you clearly saw a flag that should have never ever 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 transpire and anybody who tells me that oh yeah he actually turned his his waist and his jersey was tugged i mean you could watch that replay 75 million times and you you would need a magnifying glass to look exactly where that tug occurred so if you can't see it's so blatant why are you throwing the damn frigging flag on the field it just it's mind-boggling the refs clearly should have an understanding of how critical that flag is going to be in retrospect with how much time is going to be left on the clock for the Eagles to attempt any comeback, which was what, eight seconds? Yeah. I mean, come on. You basically ended the game barring a huge botch field goal, which happens once in a blue moon. Sure, someone could point out the, oh, well, people miss the extra points all the time. It's different. An extra point, the kicker's mentality is different. He's like automatically going to be kicking it like he does it in his sleep. And sometimes, unfortunately, he's not as concentrated as he is as he goes for a field goal. Again, that's just my opinion. But for the NFL to be in, in a league all about, you know, credibility, you had Goodell saying that, oh, this is the best officiating we've ever had. I mean, how does it not add up here as being one of the most bogus calls in the NFL? I'm sorry. It's bizarre. The NFL is losing credibility. This game is about sports and entertainment, right? So you want the fans that invest thousands and thousands of dollars to be at the Super Bowl to want to come back and invest thousands and thousands of dollars. How could you possibly be a fan of the Eagles right now and ever want to go to a Super Bowl again when the last one you went ended in such a disgrace? Dom, I, I feel your passion and I I feel your energy and I'm with you on this one. I had a talk with my buddy Terry Babalis after the game and well during the game and when the call was made. And uh, he's a ref, you know, and a lot of the flag football leagues and he's ref football before. And something he said was that which I disagreed with, but I'm going I'm, I'm to bring his point of view just to, to clarify my point. He said that the point of the game shouldn't change whether you th throw a flag or not. And I get what he's saying, but for me, I think it should. And, you know, if you if you black on white, well, if it's a hold in the first half, why shouldn't it be a hold in the second half? Well, I mean, there's a few reasons, right? One of them is because this flag ultimately decided the game. Now, look, flag or no flag, would the Chiefs ultimately have won this game? We don't know. It's not as if this game was handed to the Chiefs in the sense the Chiefs were losing this game and then this flag, you know, ultimately gave them the chance to win this game. If, they, if there's no flag on the play, there's about a minute 45 left. The Eagles have a timeout and the Chiefs will be up by three, right? So Philadelphia has to go down the field kick a field goal in a minute 38 with a timeout, which is very, very possible with that offense. But they have gotten a touchdown. Who knows? You know, you never know. The NFL has been crazy this year. Maybe they would have broken a few tackles. You just never know. So at that point, let's say the game is 50-50. So Kansas City wouldn't have ultimately won, you know, won the game. Uh, this game, this the flag didn't ultimately give them the W. Um, well, sorry, it did ultimately give them the W because it was only eight seconds left. But we don't know what would have happened if there was no flag. Ultimately, it was 50-50. But what it did is it took away the chance for Philadelphia to have a chance. Where it doesn't mean Kansas City would have lost uh, if the flag wasn't thrown. But it just means Philadelphia didn't have a chance. So but going back to my point on when you throw the flag and the points in the game, for me, I think it makes a huge difference. I really do think it makes a huge difference. And like I said, if you're throwing a flag in the first half, why, why would it be different in the second half? 
Well, just like in basketball, a lot of these calls we see these you know tic tac fouls that are called in the first uh, first quarter, second quarter, third to set the pace of the game, right? If it's the end of the game and it's being decided by a flag where you're ultimately not sure, I don't think you can throw the flag there. You throw a flag when you're sure of something, right? You make a call when you're sure of something. If you don't see enough, you can't make the call. So for me, there was a few things on that one. The flag was thrown very late, um, and it was almost as if the ref was undecided whether to throw the flag or not, and then he threw the flag. I, I saw the in, out, and up. I saw that route, and I didn't think it was going to be a flag, but when I saw the flag thrown, I said, I don't think it's going to be on that because it was thrown late. Maybe there was something in the end zone I didn't see. You know, Maybe there was something late or after the passer. You know, I don't know. But ultimately, it's funny. I'm watching it right now. I have NFL Network on. This flag is thrown really late, and it's thrown by the thrown by the back judge. Uh, you know, when Juju Smith-Schuster is almost reaching the end zone, and look, you could freeze frame it and you can say, look, Bradbury held him. There's a picture where Bradbury is holding his jersey. There's holding on every single play, right? We've talked about this on offense and on defense. There's holding on every single play. And I think the fact that Mahomes overthrew the football and there was no day, no way Juju was getting it, even if he was quote unquote not held in this one, is what makes it even more frustrating. But I think it was a fairly good ref game, and I just think at the end of the game, it's 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 tough that the refs are deciding it, right? And for me, my favorite quote of all time, Dominic, is the best refs are refs you don't notice, right? Refs you don't notice in the game. You forget the game is being refereed because it's, it's a clean game. The ref is making the right call, so he's not going to stand out in the game. Not to say the ref won't make a call, right? That's not what I'm saying. The ref is, is unnoticed because he's making calls that need to be made, right? He's, he's being noticed if he's making these egregious calls. And I'm watching it right now, and it's like he's being tugged by for half a second, you know, that's something that we see all the time in in, in press bump coverage. And, you know, Bradbury was a, was a man about it after the game saying, I held him. And, you know, it's uh, it's, it's responsibility for these Eagles players taking uh, after the game. And I think that, you know, that's just him being, you know, it, it's he's, he's being a man or right? he's being a gentleman. And look, did he quote unquote hold him? Potentially. Is it a hold you throw in the NFL? It's not. Right. Like, I think that's at the end of the day what makes a difference in this one. Was it a hold? It was a hold, but is it a hold in the NFL? No, it's not. And, you know, those aren't the same. And I think people that freeze frame this call and see, yes, he held him. That's not what the football and these NFL refs are taught to whenever they see something like that to throw a flag. Right? It's a contact league. Um, and I think that's where the NFL missed the mark on this one. And I think for a game that I felt was fairly well uh, officiated, for the most part, it's really, really sucks uh, for it to end this way. It, you know, if I was an Eagles fan, I would be absolutely enraged. Um, and look, you can look at it the other way, right, Dominic? Of course, the Eagles didn't have to put themselves in that position. They were up by 10. They ultimately let Kansas City come back in this game. But it, it's tough being an Eagles fan. And I think the way they dealt with, the way Sirianni dealt with, and the way the players dealt with it, uh, it showed a lot of character from the Eagles' point of view. And if I'm an Eagles fan, you know, I'm proud of my players because uh, they didn't put any responsibility on the referees in that one, uh, whether they agree with the call or not. Anyway, I just rambled on, but that's my opinion there. And uh, and I think that ultimately, you know, people that say it was a hold, you got to understand these refs, if they're going to call that a hold, there's going to be a, there's going to be 150 flags throughout the course of a football game. And, and unfortunately that's not the way they're taught to officiate. And in this game, in a huge, huge call, the Kansas City Chiefs got the benefit of the doubt, which I don't think they should have. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, as for your quote, I think that, well, I think it's a bunch of baloney because at the end <laughs> of the day, 
this game is a game of inches and now it's become a game of almost millimeters. So the NFL has to figure something out. They always find a way to make adjustments. And I don't know if it should come down to a referee at the end of the day that late, maybe it should maybe come out with some technology of some sort. And there's nothing that I can explain concretely here because we're not there yet. But what I'm trying to say is that it has become so bloody weird that games are judged on these odd plays and the, the, the league is starting to lose credibility. So there's billions of dollars wagered on this frigging football game. I think $16 billion. God forbid one would ever start a conspiracy theory. We saw it proved in baseball. I mean, we had also a, an athlete, Pete Rose, betting on the game. We've seen in basketball another referee being called out and uh, obviously there's a huge case story that happened on the, on the referee, but I'm not going to go there on the NBA as well. The point that I'm trying to make is credibility. The game is losing credibility. And the only way you add credibility is, is you do everything possible to get it right. So how do you get a play like that right? I don't know. I just don't. I just will think that maybe one day technology will get us there and we're just not there yet. We have to, no matter what, go by somebody's call on the field, which could be absolutely bogus. And to me, this was a bogus call and ruined a fantastic football game. And I don't think a referee's job is to interject themselves and decide a football game. And that's exactly what happened here. I'm totally with you on that, Dominic. It's funny. I, I have NFL Network on in my background. And I, I think I watched the flight, like the, the penalty 10 straight times. And I just have the mindset that if you don't see it in live, you, you, the goal of the game is not to slow down the game, right? And, you know, pixel by pixel. If it's not a flag live, unfortunately, well, not fortunately, it's just not a flag. And tough pill for the, the Eagles to swallow, Dominic. And uh, yeah, you know, we'll move on from there. It was a great game, and I, I think the NFL does need to do something about their officiating. Um, a, a lot of, you know, momentum swings in this game, Dominic, right? A lot of plays. For me, the play of the game in this one, we talk about, you know, the offense is doing a great job and crushing it, but it was <laughs> it was the defensive scoop and score by the Kansas City Chiefs, Dominic, that, for me, sucked all the momentum out of Philadelphia. You know, credit them because Philadelphia came back, right? They ended up scoring 10 straight points after that. They were up 24-14 to 14 at halftime, so... It didn't really seem to slow them down, but whenever you're able to get a defensive score, Dominic, in a game where both offenses are playing, you know, or ended up playing as well as they did, it's it's a steal, right? It's a bonus. Not only did they force a turnover, but they're able to bring it to the house where at that point in the games, you know, Mahomes didn't look 100% healthy. The Chiefs offense looked okay, but not great. And for me, it's just a good team finding, uh, you know, a different ways to win football games. And, you know, that was big for them in this game. Um Question, quick question. Yeah. What do you what do you think? I mean, you saw Mahomes being really hurt at one point. Okay. Yeah. What do you think the NFL gives a guy to come back in the game and be as you know amazing running the ball again? It's just bizarre to me again. Yeah. To see a guy who, if you freeze his foot or his ankle, shouldn't he be less able to run the ball? Or if you give him painkillers. I'm just, I'm questioning, like, how was he able to run so well? Yes. As a matter of fact, the Kansas City Chiefs won this game because Mahomes was able to run the football. That was a huge, huge, huge factor because the Eagles defense didn't think that he was going to be able to run that much. And 
having seen him been injured after like somebody grabbed his ankle at one point, I thought, okay, with well, this guy's going to be stuck in the pocket and he wasn't. Yeah. So what do you think they give players to overcome those injuries during the game? That's a heck of a question, Dominic. And like you said, it, it could be the, the painkillers there. It could be, you know, a mix of things, just having the best, best treatment, you know, in the world, obviously for these athletes. Do you think, um, do you think there was a bit of drama there? Do you think he was just I, I, taking it? That's what I was getting to. So like, do like I, Mahomes is great. Um, do I think like, I think faking it is like, you know, okay, maybe that's a little bit harsh, but I think it was a little bit for the show. You know what I mean? Dominic? Like, yeah, I believe he was hurt. And I believe at that time it, it did kill him. You know, when you first like roll your ankle, it kills and you feel like you broke your foot and man, are you in pain? And then, you know, it kind of subsides. And then this one, it was like, he had a whole halftime to regroup. I think, you know, potentially um, for, for him, it was, you know, he wanted to show that he wasn't, you know, 110% like you'd hope to be for a Super Bowl. I, it was funny. I was the one I said, ah, oh, he's acting, he's acting. And like, look, I love Mahomes and he's super credible. But, you know, I think it could have a little bit for the show, Dominic. You know what I mean? He wants to show that, like, he's not 100%. And, like, uh, maybe it's a look, Philadelphia says, oh, we got him now. You know, we have him right where we want him. And then Philadelphia, and then Mahomes says, nope, just kidding. You know, it was actually perfectly fine. And I'm going to rush for 44 yards on you guys. Perhaps, right? Perhaps. I think that if that was a little tactic that he did, who knows? I don't know. But I'd love to get some more information. I'd love also that the referees to speak at the podium after the game. Whoever threw that flag. Why didn't this guy just like, hey, hey, I threw the flag because this is how I saw it. And like the reporters would be there and asking him questions like the NFL needs to be more accountable for their officiators or for for the referees, I should say, and the officiating. And we as fans would be more maybe able to get over such a stupid call and understand exactly where this guy was coming from and what he saw in his from his perspective. That could be the next step, right? And, I, and I've heard a lot of people say that too, not just with football, just in general, like especially basketball, like get these refs to become accountable, right? Because a lot of them, a lot of times they end up uh, deciding games there and, you know, let's just get their point of view to potentially like ease, I guess you can say, our frustration. We talked about, the, you know, the Chiefs running the football, Dominic, and especially Mahomes. I have a stat here. They had 26 rushing att- attempts, did the Chiefs, 158 yards, 6.1 yards per attempt, and zero sacks allowed, like for a team that's known for throwing the football Dominic you talked about Pacheco and like his his good game he had um and and Mahomes as well it's you know it's pretty surprising you know you see these stats you're like wow you'd really not expect that for the Chiefs and especially against a team like the Philadelphia Eagles where like what do you think it was Kansas City Chiefs scheming up a great game plan maybe it was more of the Philadelphia Eagles expecting the the Chiefs to to pass on every single down because, like, if you, you pinpoint, you know, one position group uh, that lost this game for the Eagles, it's got to be the defense, you know, that, that defensive line, which has been so, so good all year long. And, yeah, what, what are your kind of thoughts on that, Dominic? Do you have more credit to the Chiefs, or do you think it was kind of unfortunate a lot of the, the Eagles just didn't show in this uh, big Super Bowl game? I just don't know why there was not a one-holding penalty on yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. As soon as you get a, a holding penalty, it's like, oh, shoot, we got a holding penalty. It's the worst call, the 10-yard penalty. Usually you see at least one on every team, sure. But it was only, I think we got two on the Eagles. And uh, that, to me, is a huge reason why Kansas City won this football game. And you got to give credit to the players in the offensive line of Kansas City. I know they have a, a decent offensive line. But Philadelphia, for not getting one sack in this football game, it's just a glaring, like, bizarre event that happened in this football game. And that yeah. might just be it, right? It's the, Maybe there was the game plan. So maybe it was the defensive coordinator of the Eagles that just 
really did a terrible job. But it's probably a mixture of everything, like I said. And I don't know. I just thought that this game was terribly officiated. The statistics show it. And that's where I'm going to leave it at. Yeah, I, I know. And it's uh, you never, obviously, especially for a huge game like that, want the refs to play a factor. It was, like I said, in the beginning of the show, it was a lot, a lot of close calls, like the Dallas Goddard catch. Devontae Smith, I, I thought the Smith one was a catch, to be honest. Like, yeah, the ball's moving, but I, I, I still feel like he had possession. Uh, a lot of, you know, super, super close plays. Uh, something that I was, I was going to get to, you know, before we talk about both teams having great offenses, Dominic. But it ended up being, you know, the, the Chiefs uh, defense with a scoop and score on their special teams. What a return there at the end of the game by Kadarius Tony Dominic. You know, it was a fourth and short situation for the Eagles. They end up punting the ball, and Tony takes it all the way to the five-yard line of, of uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. See, it's plays like that 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 winning football teams make you know if finding ways to win differently right not always the same way and i think that with kansas city yes while their offense you know held their own in this game and it was the reason they won this game that you know punt return was huge and you probably would never have expected that Kadarius Tony you just joined joined the team midway through the season and uh, yeah like you talk about plays of the game dominic that for sure could have been one of them for kansas city oh tony had one big play his touchdown uh, yeah. was obviously the other, but that was the special teams play. That was huge. I think that they deserved to get an extra touchdown there and take the lead through special teams. It's an area that we just don't concentrate. And late in the game, just takes that one big return and then the momentum, right? Everything's about momentum. They had it. They got cocky with it too, though. That snowball formation there. They didn't get the touchdown on that play, but that's head games. You know, then at that point, you start playing head games with your opponent and Kansas City just got the best of uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, they did, Don. They did just uh, a few of those plays that made uh, such, such a big difference down the stretch. Uh, you talk about the red zone being uh, being a key for both teams. I think that's ultimately what, uh, you know, what decided this game. Oh, I was just listening to NFL Network, Dominic, and I had to bring this up. I think Kyle Brandt hit a home run. He was saying... We almost had the most incredible Super Bowl of all time because if you think the penalty is not thrown, the game becomes 38-35. Then if Philadelphia marches down the field and forces overtime, how cool would that have been? If Philadelphia goes down and wins the game with Jalen Hurts, how cool would that story be for Jalen Hurts? If the Chiefs defense holds up strong, how cool would that be for the defense? Or let's say the Philadelphia Eagles go and score a field goal and Mahomes gets a field goal as time expires. Anyways, it's just at this point, it's wishful thinking and we can't change the past. Still was a great Super Bowl nonetheless. Um, just tough to see it end that way. But Dominic, look, obviously we always got next season. You got the season after. And uh, what do you think this means to the Philadelphia Eagles? Because I think that, you know, for me, I heard a question. Someone, someone saying, you know, who, who has the best chance to make it back next year? And for me, it's Kansas City w- without a doubt, right? I, I think that this was the year for the Eagles. They need to kind of get that done. And, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, I believe, still has that year left on his contract. So it's going to be tough because he's going to want to get paid. So I think Kansas City has all the recipe for success for the next few seasons. I think I could see them being, you know, a contender for the next, like, really 10 years, as crazy as it sounds. For Philadelphia, how do you, you know, make this out to be? This kind of gives me the Cincinnati Bengals vibes from last year. Like, yeah, a team that could be relevant, a team that could be good. But when Cincinnati lost last year, I said, man, it's going to be tough for these guys to get back. And I think that may be the case, unfortunately, for the Eagles, Dom, because I could see the NFC getting better. Uh, even though Brady retires, I don't know, we talk about like a lot of these teams, the NFC that underachieved this year, that I could see doing better next year. So do you see Philadelphia realistically, again, potentially being a Super Bowl threat heading into next season? 
Oh, hell no. Philadelphia's <laughs> done. No, I'm serious. Let's yeah. go through some names really quick. And uh, who are they going to be able to sign? You got Javon Hargrave, free agent. Yeah. Chaucey Gardner-Johnson, free agent. James Bradbury, free agent. I mean, there's also the quarterback, Hurts, who's going to probably get ex- an extension, which is going to change their salary cap tremendously. Right. Um, there's a few other players that are there as well. Uh, Brandon Graham and so on and so forth. The entire image is going to change. So the NFL, this Super Bowl, however, they couldn't have asked for a better Super Bowl, even with the penalty. And I'll, yeah. I'll explain my, my take really quick, is that they've been trying to change the game to be a lot safer and to minimize concussions. And I think to certain to a certain extent, they've achieved their goal. And they've changed the game. They made it a little, a little less rough. And they're obviously focusing on the athletic ability of a quarterback to run the ball as well. So we're seeing that. We saw it in this Super Bowl. This recipe for success really plays favorably for a young athletic quarterback coming out of college. And then, therefore, you can win a Super Bowl maybe in the first three years quickly if you happen to have yourself like a Hurts, a Lamar Jackson type of quarterback. So this recipe, I guarantee you, it's a copycat league. You're going to see it go full forward. And whoever it's going to be next year, heck, I'm going to throw an odd team there. Well, he had an amazing second year. Keep an eye on the Chicago Bears because they just inherited the yeah. draft lottery. In other words, they're going to get so many great players out of this draft because they're going to probably trade down and they're going to build themselves one heck of a football team. And don't be surprised if the Bears are in the plus, even maybe next year. Bull take right off the bat. But this is what you're going to see. Mobile quarterbacks that could really change the game on a dime. Hertz could do that. Lamar Jackson could do that. Fields did that this year. It's a copycat league. We're going to see it continue. And the NFL is going to get really great ratings because people love to see high-scoring football games. It's just it's innate in most average fans. I call them average fans because sometimes people just want to be entertained. They don't know much <laughs> about football. They're just going to watch the Super Bowl. It's the most watched game on the planet. And all they want to see is entertainment. And touchdowns brings entertainment. Guys like me who like defensive football, there's not that many left in the NFL. And the, the softer it gets, the more we're getting weaned out out of the league. Yeah, Dom, I got to say I may be guilty of being one of the guys that loves the 42-41 high-scoring game. Teams goes for two, passing the ball, not all that much running. But I think that, uh, you know, you bring a cool perspective of the kind of that old-school game. And I, I think that's, uh, you know where our back and forths usually work. But yeah, for Philadelphia, Dominic, it's going to be tough because like you said, they're going to be potentially losing a lot of guys on the defensive side of the football. And, you know, their defense was good this year. They were a unit, right? They were a unit. This team, their offense was a unit. Their defense was a unit. They were well coached. And you could really feel this Eagles team was a team, right? This wasn't like a fluke and it wasn't just a bunch of ballers, you know, going together and they're going to make things happen because they're such great football players. But I could, I really felt like this Eagles team was, was very well-rounded. Yes, they were probably the better overall football team than the Chiefs. And I think that a lot of it was just their, their connections, right? Their chemistry. They seem to be having fun together. Um, and they generally wanted to win the game for for their teammates and and uh, and for their coaches. So I think for Philadelphia, 
uh, it's going to be tough to be back. It's going to be tough to be back. Look, you look at their division. You got to think that you know they're they're still going to be favorites to win it next year. I think you know Dallas will obviously try and make them a run for their money, and then you got the Giants that are up and coming, and Washington too as well. So even that division can be fairly competitive by itself. And then you look at the NFC as a whole. Um, like obviously Tampa Bay, look, you lose Tom Brady, but then you, you still got like the the other great teams like San Francisco, where like they had a few injuries this season. Minnesota, they ended up like, you know, choking because of the the Kirk Cousins, uh Kirk Cousins situation there and him just not being able to uh to produce in, in, in big games. So I think for Philadelphia it's gonna be tough, Dominic. And I think that, like I said, I get the similar vibes to the Cincinnati Bengals. I wouldn't be shocked to see them back. I really wouldn't. Um, I just think that, you know, with the tape now that guys have on Jalen Hurts, he's going to need to continue um, developing his passing game. And he had a heck of a lot of good throws in this game that really impressed me. And I was with you, Dominic. I wasn't sure if I was a believer or not uh, beginning of the season, but he had some nice throws. He had some nice dimes. And the Dallas Goddard throw that was a catch, no catch. That was an incredible throw kind of off of his back foot. So, I think that it's all going to depend on Jalen Hurts, right? And, of course, obviously the defense as well. But for me, the biggest biggest thing about them heading back is Jalen Hurts. And is he going to be able to replicate the season he had with the players he has? And if he is able to, look, I can see them making a run. I just think that it's going to be difficult right now. And I feel like they may have missed the Mark Dominic. And, and this could have been their season there. I, I hope it's not for Eagles fans. But it, it's tough to find a situation where, you know, they're able to make it back and, and potentially win the Super Bowl, especially with how good the AFC was this year. I could see the AFC winning the next four or five, even six Super Bowls. Never thought I'd say that. But, like, you look at the teams in, in, in the AFC and you got a bunch of great ones that uh, that are good enough to win the Super Bowl, too. Oh, yeah. The AFC is going to be loaded. But then again, they're going to knock themselves out here and there as well. During yeah. the season. I'm sure there's going to be some rough and tough games because when the Eagles against, you know, you got Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes, and I'm sure something's telling me Aaron Rodgers is going to end up in Las Vegas. Oh, man. It's going to be insane. I, that AFC West division is going to be a dogfight, and I can't wait to see it. But yes, the AFC is going to be loaded. Yeah, 100%. And for Kansas City, Dominic, look, third Super Bowl uh, championship for them, second and just over the last few seasons. I just think that this Kansas City team is so well built. And you look at, you know, Andy Reid's relationship with Mahomes and Mahomes and Kelsey. Like, this just seems to be a big happy family, right? There doesn't really seem to be much turmoil. Everyone seems to be getting along. And it's really rare you see that, you know, in a professional football team that's as good as them because, you know, obviously you're going to deal with your ups, you're going to deal with your with your downs. And, you know, the better the football team, the more tense games you're playing in, the more, you know, that everything's on the line. And it just seems almost to be a match made in heaven now for this Kansas City Chiefs uh, with Mahomes and, you know, with uh, with Kelsey. And just like, you know, the other little pieces they have across the board, like picking up Tony, getting introduced to shoes. Booster and Valdez Scanling, how well he fit with the squad. You know, talk about uh, uh, preseason predictions, Dominic. And a lot of people didn't have them making the playoffs, let alone winning their division uh, for Kansas City. I picked them to win the division. I think you thought they were going to make the playoffs as well, but I didn't think that the loss of of uh, Tyree Kill was going to allow them to be as explosive on the offensive side of the football. But it shows like they just shown they can win in so many different ways. I think that's what's super, super impressive for this Chiefs team. And I think we got to see we have a dynasty on our hands. I think anything short of, of saying that would be would be a lie, right? we got to see what they could do in the next few seasons. And I know Mahomes only has two rings. And people are asking if he's going to catch Brady or if he's going to get five or six. And obviously, it's premature for that. But right now, this Chiefs team has a recipe to continue to be a dynasty. And I'm not sure I see it slowing down anytime soon. 
well, the softer the league gets, and if your athlete is just outstanding, like Tom Brady was, like Pat Mahomes clearly is, these guys back in the day would have got sacked and, you know, so hit hard. They're protecting their most valuable asset the NFL is. Not mm-hmm. only are they obviously not deserving to get injured, but the games change. So if the games change so much, the guys who are the best are going to be even greater than the rest. And that guy's Pat Mahomes. Mm, that's a good point, Dominic. That, you know, obviously, potentially the, the the face of the NFL there, Pat Mahomes winning MVP. Uh, incredible game. Anything else you want to talk more about the Super Bowl? Maybe plays that we missed? Uh, the turning points, the swings? The one thing I'll say that I wanted to talk about is I just feel like when it was 24 to 14 at half dumb and Kansas city scored that opening possession to make it 24, 21 of the second half. I said, the chiefs are going to win this game. It was, you know, similar to these great teams when you have them on the ropes, just even holding Philadelphia Kansas city to a field goal. There would have been a win for Philadelphia, making a seven point game, getting the ball back for, for me, it was how easy they marched on the field, scoring within five minutes, Kansas City. As soon as they scored that TD, Dominic, I, I just I thought to myself, there's no way Kansas City is losing this football game. Oh, it certainly had the comeback feel from the very get-go. Yeah. And everything we always see in the first half is never what we see in the second yeah. half. I see that time and time again. And for whatever reason, it always proves to be true. I mean, hats off for Kansas City. You, you won the Super Bowl. You did a great job. I'm a huge fan of Eric Bieniemy. I want him to see him as a head coach and drive a franchise because I think he's the real talent currently. He's been getting a lot of love because we all know he deserves a, a coaching job, but I want to give him more love because the guy deserves to be a head coach. He definitely does. Do you think that if, you know, obviously he gets offers, he's going to be willing to take you? Or do you think he's kind of comfortable now with Kansas City and, you know, being the, the leader of that offense for the team? I think it depends where and where he wants to go. I, I think he wants yeah. to pick maybe where he wants to go so if he doesn't like the destination he's going to stay in kansas city for sure i think that's fair and you, like just before we, we top it off on the eagles don we can't forget that they have a, a top 10 pick this year curious to see where they're going to use it, you know via the, the new orleans saints they have the 10th pick in the draft pretty crazy thing that this team going to the super bowl and now on top of it they got a top 10 pick so you know potentially uh, maybe maybe sleepers heading into next season, as weird as that sounds, because you and I both don't think they'll, they'll really be back. What do you think that pick could be used on there, Dominic, you know, at, at number 10 for Philadelphia? You know, got a, m- many different ways they can go on to. Offensive side of the ball, they seem to be okay. Maybe something on the defense. I'm curious to see what they decide to do. Maybe they decide to trade back um, and, you know, collect more draft capital. Maybe they trade up to a player to get a player they really want. But, yeah, right now they're sitting at the, the 10th pick, Dominic, heading into the next year's draft or this year's draft. Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. You keep on stacking that line because that will protect Hertz. And Hertz already has two huge weapons in AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. He doesn't need anything else. He doesn't need a running game. He is the running game. One guy that's going to be a free agent is Isaiah uh, Sumalo, one of the big mm-hmm. offensive guards for uh, Philadelphia. He's not going to be there next year. They need to replace him. Again, I would go O-line. Hey, I'm you know hard to hard to argue that uh, they have incredible O line. Why not add to those pieces? Can't believe Dominic, we're already wrapping up the NFL season. I swear it feels like just a few weeks ago we were talking about preseason things we're looking forward to. It's been incredible doing the show with you, Dom. I think overall. After the Super Bowl, I had to say for me, you know, I'm 25 years old and I've been watching football, I can say for like, let's say the last 
17, 18 years. It may have been the most entertaining year of football for me of the NFL just because of all the the you know unpredictabilities we've seen over the course of the season. The Brock Purdy, the Mr. Irrelevant, the teams we thought were going to be good that weren't good. The you know young guys that came out of nowhere and all these cool storylines. The upsets and just not knowing what was going to happen week to week, Dominic. Uh, and the the crazy plays for me was it was such an incredible uh, year of football, Dominic, in the NFL. And I'm just really really glad that I was able to enjoy it this year. I gotta say, for me, since being a football fan, Dominic, probably the most entertaining year of the NFL. Oh, it's a very entertaining league for sure. Everybody likes high-scoring football. This is what it's all about. The NFL is transitioning to a new era. We're right into the thick of things. Pat Mahomes is leading the way. And I mean, look, listen, $16 billion being wagered on football. People are watching. People are having a great time. Hey, it's uh, really the best sport in the world. Don't even hesitate on that one. Uh, I think you got a lot of great sports. We have football. I think uh, always be uh, our, our our first true love there. So uh, as we wrap up the show, uh, Dominic and I are going to be taking a, a two-week break just to kind of, you know, I guess focus uh, a little bit more on school, regather our thoughts. And we want to thank everybody for listening uh, over the, uh, the course of the season. Right without you guys, there is no show. Thank you to all of Dominic's buddies there watching uh, over, over Canada. Thank you to all of uh, my friends family members that uh, that were listening and tuning in uh like i always say without you guys there is no show so we'll be taking a two-week break don't worry we'll be back in three weeks to talk some football maybe a little bit more of the super bowl uh the draft and we still got uh, a heck of a lot to discuss this off season so thank you again for tuning in and until we meet again you were listening to cjlo 16 9 a.m in montreal